I'm Jenny Paladna. And I'm Chris Jones. And I'm Jim Stormdancer, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Jenny Paladna, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Hi, I'm Jenny Paladna. I continue to be the same person who was on previous episodes, so just go listen to those. And I would like to plug Nelson's upcoming game, Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator, where you're a space warlord who can trade organs. Have you played uh, his airport game? No, not yet. I'm saving it to make Riff play it with me. It's a good idea. Like I also haven't played it yet, and I was going to try to get a little bit of like uh, vicarious play without uh-huh. having to actually pick up a video game, which I apparently never do these days. <laughs> I think you can just look at a picture of a dog. Okay. I, yeah. I, I took a picture of a dog yesterday, so I can oh, look at that one. Nice. And Chris, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? I am Chris. I don't have anything of my own to plug at the moment. I would plug Boyfriend Dungeon, which just dropped because I've been waiting on that for years, but I haven't actually gotten a chance to play it because I've been too busy collecting all the strawberries in Celeste, which I also never played in the last three years. So yeah, uh, go go play indie games. They're good for you. That's what I'll plug. I played Boyfriend Dungeon last night and it was good. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that game was already out. I guess I've just been hearing about it for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it in early access? No, I think it was just just nothing, nothing, nothing drop. Mm-hmm. Right. How many strawberries do you have? A uh, hundred and forty something. I'm like finishing up chapter seven, which has like all of them pretty much. Right. Yeah. I can't remember if that's a lot. I think it's a lot. <laughs> is is chapter seven uh, the DLC? No, that's I think I think uh, chapter nine is DLC. I don't know. I haven't okay. gotten there yet. I've been yeah. I, apparently, this is Jim not knowing anything about video games day, <laughs> <laughs> even ones he's already played. Would you like to start on some topics? Love to start on some topics. Absolutely, Chris. Your topic is Lord Chumley. Yes, we found this accidentally. Jenny and I were having a little bit of a of a of a time uh, finding finding lords to talk about as topics. It started with talking about, no, was it how Smurfs fuck? No, no. It started with Transformers. It started with Transformers. Yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah, LGBTQ uh, Transformers are a thing and have been a thing for quite some time, actually. And that bothered some people on YouTube. I was trying to do some search on Transformer reproduction, which <laughs> left me with more questions than answers, actually. There's no standard canon. No. Yep. No. Every every different version has different the way the Transformers procreate or are created. Can you give me the rundown of different versions of Transformers? Because I know of two. I know of the 1980s cartoon mm-hmm. and I know of the, I guess it was the aughts film series. I'm sure that somebody, somebody somewhere will hear this and correct me because I'm going to be wrong. And that's okay because <laughs> I'm not like, I didn't, I didn't get my bachelor's in Transformers canon. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be wrong, but it's okay, because it's Topic Lords. Yeah, it's Topic yeah. Lords. The cartoon and the first Marvel Comics run, I guess, shared the same continuity. And the first movie. Okay. The one that had Orson Welles as a planet. Uh, I think. If, there's, if there's a comics <laughs> run, that, that could be like a dozen different continuities in there. Right. And then the IGW comics, uh, which is a different continuity, but also canon, I guess. They all have different versions of how Transformers come to be. Some more weird than others, like one one of them they reproduce through parthenogenic budding. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Like the Transformer deity turned on the budding, <laughs> and then when there were all enough Transformers, he turned off the budding 
So Transformers <laughs> just cannot reproduce anymore, mm-hmm. which was the point where I said, oh my gosh, that makes Transformer lives more precious than human lives and we should be protecting them. Right. Wow. Why are Transformers protecting humans when they're, they're so much rarer and there will mm-hmm. never be more? Mm-hmm. We should be keeping them in garages and like wiping them with, with oily chamois. That is basically the first cartoon. I mean, like, that's why they had humans. Like, the humans were to, like, reach the places that they couldn't to give them a bath. Like, that's... So I just did a search for how do Transformers fuck. Mm-hmm. And the top hit is a Reddit, a subreddit called Ask Science Fiction. Okay. Asking, do Transformers have sex? And if so, would they be sexu- sexually aroused if I drove inside of one? <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm now Googling, are there dragons in Transformers? <laughs> By the way, that that, that um, post has uh, zero points, so nobody <laughs> uploaded it and one person downloaded it. Um, it says Transformers are created by the factories on Cybertron. Mm. So I guess that's like, and then they don't, they don't have sex, apparently. So this is the most boring possible answer. That was, I guess that was the Marvel, uh, the Marvel comics, the first Marvel comics thing was they were just machines and you could build a transformer by putting them together. And I guess they, they did in the earlier cartoons to be like, we need a transformer that can, uh, do this thing. And I think that's how Grimlock built the rest of the Dinobots or something was just like, I right. sat down oh, yeah. with a screwdriver and made some, made some buddies. Okay, so I was just asking if Transformers have sex, but the other question is, do Transformers have sex? They have gender. They do? Yeah. And why would they have gender if not to fuck? <laughs> we had an entire conversation about this the other day. I, I have a whole, I have a whole <laughs> YouTube-worthy rant that I'm winding up slowly. Like, I get it, we're all just collections of traits. <laughs> yeah. But... but we haven't even gotten to Lord Chumley yet. Um, we'll the, get there. The, the, the thing that people need to keep in mind when, when talking about Transformers gender is that these were toys made for children in the 80s, right? And mm-hmm. and like, yeah. and this is the thing, the, the track that, that I have kind of taken when, when discussing this with people who are shitty or goofy about this, is that the first kind of instance of Transformer gender was someone who made an extremely, uh, extremely obviously... Like female coded transformer, I suppose so that girls in the eighties who wanted a female coded transformer could could have their parents buy them one, right? Right. Uh, so there's there's like I think that was what RC. That's RC, right? Uh, like the the super pink one with the with the ultra wide hips and 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 you know <laughs> the wide childbearing hips. <laughs> Just drive drive right into those on this sexless thing that either that either reproduces via parthenogenesis or was was just made by a mechanic depending on which continuity right like mm-hmm. right there's like something like a i don't know like a like a 10 to 1 ratio of female coded transformers in various media to male so it's a weird scene already i don't know why they have gender we did we were sitting there like why 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 is this because we couldn't think of any evolutionary right right Plenty of marketing reasons. Yes. Oh yeah, they do have internal gender experiences. Uh, I'm I'm assuming because there are trans transformers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When was this established? The IGW comics back in 2000 and I want to say 15 or 16. And I looked this up because people who were complaining about the new transformers having uh having potentially transgender characters are as they usually are maybe like going on going on over half a decade too late. Right. To whine about this. Apparently, RC is a trans transformer. No kidding. Yeah. 
So the first the first female coded transformer in the in the toy line. Okay, that's that's wild. Mm-hmm. Well, that explains why it's so clearly coded feminine. Because because she's leaning into it. She's also a lesbian. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with this uh, phenomenon. I have so many questions that just won't ever have answers. Do Transformers have romance? Yes. Okay. Okay. That next. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that I, I understand. Like, it gets boring out in space, right? Like, floating through space, you're a, you're a transforming car person. You don't have a ground uh-huh. to drive on. Like, there's not much to do. <laughs> oh, there's a page called Transformer Romance on the Transformers Wiki. Ooh. What kind of horrible god would make a car in space with nothing to drive on? Wow, some of this is just I'm I'm reading some of of some of uh, RC's. I'm sorry, I just spent the past ten seconds parsing that and it's just like <laughs> I need sources for some of this, because I'm I'm reading some stuff on the Transformers wiki that is just making me <laughs> deeply confused. There's an official term for two Transformers in a relationship. <gasps> What's that? Sparkmates. Ooh. Right. So at some point Transformers uh went from being robots to having souls, I guess. And that had something to do with the, the movie, the original The All movie. Spark. The All Spark. Made of r- rarefied energon. Oh, Convoy, your shift lever is dirty, Marissa exclaims. It must be from when I spilled soft serve ice cream on you before. I will wipe it clean for you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure rarefied energon is also the name of a My Little Pony character. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and share this, and, and Jim, you may need to edit this. I, I'll leave this up to you, you know, the, the, whether or not this gets in the final episode. I don't make those decisions anymore. Okay, Thank good. goodness. Somebody, okay, so this is, but as a historical record, okay, in, in 1989, there was a, there's a comic called Prime's Rib that was specifically, uh, uh-huh. gives R.C.'s background as uh Future feminists in in the then 1995. This is in the comic. We're complaining that there are no female Autobots. So Optimus Prime made RC, who was not popular with those feminists because she shouldn't be pink. Wow. Huh. That's that's the thing that happened in a comic, and I'm trying to unpack that, and I'm just I'm having I'm having some difficulty because 19 the 1980s were wild. Like really, and this gets around to the Lord Chumley thing, and the reason that I dropped this in is that like I the, <laughs> like. If if you grew up watching 1980s cartoons or reading, like, 1980s kids' media, right, like, trying to explain them to younger people now is, like, people who were 20 years older than me trying to explain the acid days of the, the 60s, right, like, <laughs> what it was like at Woodstock, right? And you're just like, this sounds, this sounds completely insane. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, they had just legalized, like, half-hour-long advertisements for toys as children's oh, programming. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And they were just going wild with it. There was there was an episode of the cartoon, uh, and this is the thing, where there's a British lord that was a big game hunter that decided to hunt Optimus Prime. Oh, we're actually getting around to the topic now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to eventually drop it in there. I don't want to get too far away from him. He wanted to hunt uh, the most dangerous game, which is Optimus Prime. Right. It's not man, it's Transformers. It's Transformers, yeah. <laughs> And it's a specific Transformer. <laughs> yeah. His trophy room had a jet on the wall for some reason, like uh, mounted on the wall. Huh. I, I don't think it was a Did Transformer. Did he shoot that jet? Yeah, I think he shot a jet. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> If I shot down a jet, I would definitely mount its head on the wall. Oh, oh, you're assuming it was flying. 
Oh, that makes That's sense. That's true. <laughs> I, I was assuming that. He was grounded and he just went up and shot it. I think that is like a more accurate depiction of how mm-hmm. all those dead animals on the wall actually got killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just pasted an image in the chat, um, which I'm going to describe for the listening audience. It is a, a, a spot already apparently mounted on a wall where one would mount an animal head. And it says mount head here. And then it's labeled Optimus Prime, which I think is a very funny joke. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I think it's great. I think this whole episode is great. It reminds me of some of the more Gonzo Thundercats episodes that just made about as much sense, where you'd have like things like an English Game Hunter. Oh man, taking down Thundercats would be a hell of a <laughs> hell of a uh, fun time for a big game hunter. Uh, are we ready to do another topic? Sure. Sure. Jenny, your topic is, is an edgelord phase a standard part of being a teen or what? Yep, that's my question. (laughs) (laughs) Discuss. Certainly seems to be. I feel like edgelord has kind of gone out of fashion in the past 15 years. And I wonder if teens are now extremely wholesome. Yeah, I wonder wonder if we've, we've like done a pendulum swing. And teens are now being performatively wholesome just to freak out the olds. Yeah. <laughs> They're still extremely emotional and angry at their parents. Mm-hmm. That's never going to not be a thing. Right. Which I always thought would went, you know, part and parcel with being an edgelord, but apparently not. Yeah, I think those are two separate phenomenons. Phenomenons? Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Thanks. I was worried there for a second. <laughs> Most of the teens that are their, their parents or friends of of mine and or Jenny's are um, distressingly wholesome. They're they're definitely yeah. on the on the more wholesome side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they will yell at you if you pronoun wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool and kind of on top of it. We know one teen. We're talking about one teen. <laughs> <laughs> Not a couple. We, there's a couple more, but there's one. There's one primary one that's yeah that we interact with at, at the alpha teen. The alpha teen. <laughs> and then does this teen have friends that you've met? No, actually. No friends. Wow. No friends. We assume that the friends exist elsewhere. They just don't get invited to the parents' pool parties. Right. Uh, it's, it's friends in Canada that you'll uh-huh. you've never, probably never met. Yeah. <laughs> it's been there's been there's been a lot going on that would keep a bunch of kids from showing up at places. That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's a Canada friend now. So were we all edgelords? Because I was coming to it with that assumption. Oh yeah. yeah I absolutely for was. sure. Yeah. Uh, so I I was a little bit I feel like I was around more edge lords that I was that that liked that more than I did a lot of the time I think I, I do really like edgy art so that's the thing is I I like it as an actual performative thing when people are kind of pushing the boundaries of of taste mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily like like hanging around and you know making racist jokes back in the day or whatever it was like I, I, that wasn't really my thing Are you talking about poop and or sex or are you being an asshole? Are you ask, are asking me? <laughs> no, hypothetically, <laughs> like the two, those are the two genders of edgelord. The two genders of edgelord. Yeah. Um. <laughs> one, one common thing for me to do is I would make a racist joke under the auspices of making fun of someone who would actually say that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anytime anybody would get upset, I would be like, well, but I'm making fun of that, the, per- the person who would be racist. And in my head, I was. 
Because I was making a joke and not believing it, but like I eventually realized that like everybody around me hates when I do this, so uh-huh. I should probably stop doing it. Yeah, I never did that with racist jokes, but uh, sexist and homophobic, like I basically trusted everybody around me to know that I was a queer female person. Right. What are what are you really contributing to anything right now? There's yeah. definitely stuff that I thought was funny that I do not think is funny anymore. You know, like jokes and stuff like that. And this is true for, I think this is just kind of moral development of society more than it is mm-hmm. anything else, right? Like you, you yeah. learn more about the ways that some things are hurtful to people mm-hmm. and then you're like, this was, or you get more context and you're like, yeah, this, this should never have been funny. Right. That does remind me of the... Uh... A thing that you and I would talk about, Chris, is toddlers have to accidentally, like, slightly hurt a dog or something and then feel bad about it. Right. In order to get empathy, like that developmental stage. Right. That, like, kids, they've, they've, I'd have, I'd have to spend some time digging up the studies on this, but that, like, kids learn empathy through hurting other kids primarily. Right. Like, emotionally sometimes to develop those, those senses, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, like it doesn't necessarily come super hard coded, I guess. Right. And I, I haven't, Winston hasn't gotten there yet, but like one of the things that happens, one of the phenomena that happens is that he will learn about these interactions and practice them. Oh, really? Like he will pretend to fall down and get hurt and then come to us for a hug. Ah. This wasn't a story about Winston, but I heard a story about a parent we knew who had been like just teaching their kid about, you know, about feelings. Mm-hmm. And the kid apparently walked up to them and said, you feel sad. <laughs> and, and she was like, no, I, I feel fine. And then the kid like slapped her across the <gasps> face and said, now you feel sad. Wow. Which is amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> very much a teachable moment. For the kid or the parents? Both. <laughs> I think there, there was some learning happening all around. My uh, my mom likes to tell the story about how I uh, guilt trip my granddad. I guess uh, when I was a tiny child, uh, but old enough to speak. <laughs> after um, things like things like I, I just beg him up one side down the other to, to let me uh, play with his rubber mallet, which those things are actually pretty. You know, you can hurt yourself pretty bad if you smack your hand with one of those, which I promptly did as like a five year old or something, right? And he was like, "I told you you were going to do that," and I and I'm like. I started, like, crying and blaming him for this. Like, well, if you knew I was going to do it, why did you let me? After I'd been begging him for, like, hours, right? And it's finally, like, here, fine. It's amazing how quickly children pick up deception <laughs> as, like, a, um, as a gambit. I was never good at it, but I did it. <laughs> when when Winston is, is tired of me, like, shadowing him and making sure he doesn't get into trouble, mm-hmm. he'll ask me to go go somewhere. Yeah. Like, I, I want dad, daddy to go work. <laughs> and I'll say, I don't want to go work. I want to be here with you to make sure you don't get into trouble. And he'll say, you want to go work. <laughs> uh, which I don't know if that counts as deception or even a lie. Like, I don't know if he understands, like, that what he's saying is a false statement. <laughs> is he is he Jedi waving his hand in front of your face while he's saying it? <laughs> That's the next step. He has to figure out how to do that. <laughs> oh, that's good. You'll be so productive. Yeah. Or or we'll at least convince people that he is. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. Just kids thinking that they have the magic powers to make 
things happen by saying them. Yeah. Are we ready for another topic? We're ready for another topic. Yes. Uh, my topic is lordosis behavior. Yeah. So lordosis is a medical condition, which is uh, inward curvature of the spine. Mm-hmm. Lordosis behavior is, you know, when a, when a cat, like, is in heat, mm-hmm. it will, like, arch its back mm-hmm. and, and present itself as sexually receptive. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is when, when a cat or an animal uh, does this back arching behavior on purpose. And the reason this is interesting to me is that cats also do this when you, like, give them scritches. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very like when you find this out, it's very easy to just suddenly like lose like oh, I don't want to cat- pet a cat now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what's what's uh, what's going on there? Yeah, I don't want to accidentally promise a cat sexual favors. Right, and I also don't want to like you know a cat to ask me for sexual yeah, favors effectively. Uh, but also, like, I'm pretty sure that when a cat like. When you're petting a cat and it sticks its butt in your face, it's asking you to lick its butt because that's what mom did. <laughs> oh, no. Part of the grooming situ- the grooming yeah. situation. Yeah. What? I can't lick my own butt. <laughs> Except they can. <sighs> they can. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they can and do. I, I don't think this is necessarily that they, they think of you as a sexual partner, especially because like... It happens with, like, cats that are not in heat or are, in fact, male. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's, like, the same biological processes or, like, the same, like, part of the brain being triggered mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. causing that behavior. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if anything if anything enjoyable is happening, you might as well get ready for someone to maybe right. have sex with you. <laughs> like, yeah. that, seems, that seems like the cheapest brain infrastructure-wise. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I've seen cats do that with the with the ear scratches, but I've also seen them like arch their back, which is not necessarily like a it's it doesn't seem like it's always That's the, the that's the opposite arch. That's Yeah, the um, any arch or the Audi arch. Right. Right. The Audi arch is like them trying to look big to cuz they're scared to to scare you away. Huh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's weird. This is reminding me of uh a couple of things I've been thinking about recently. I don't want to. I don't want to hijack, though. I'm trying to. Have you heard an episode of Topic Lords, the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I, I, you know, I have. Um, no, I found out with with like just just uh, weird responses to things that um, bears have different fighting styles for different types of animals. That they'll they'll fight differently. They'll take different postures and things like that. Uh, and when they when they get aggressive towards humans, they act like humans are bears. Huh. They they fight humans like they would fight another bear and and will kind of present themselves in the thing when they're standing up and like the whole thing about um you know there's some there's some biologists that have done some theorizing that like you know like the biggest the biggest danger to bear cubs is actually other male bears so when they attack humans that get too close that might be part of that thing and it makes me wonder like do bears think that we're like constantly standing up hairless bears like how do they how do they see us right if that's how they act when when they're gonna throw down yeah it might just be like we're about the right size mm. it makes me wonder how animals like what what kind of classification systems like do animals operate on like platonic forms of objects looking at you going okay i'm gonna assume you're a bear until i see these like x traits that make you notably not bear <laughs> right yeah yeah it's like well okay there's no wings i don't see a beak yeah, they're just playing 20 questions in there. 
<laughs> I guess they'll also, you'll see those things like um, in areas where bears are more used to humans up on some of the, the islands up off the coast of like Alaska and, and Canada. You'll see things like, um, you know, bears just walking past people in the parking lot. Like there ain't nothing. And they don't do that around other animals that are prey animals. So we're not like a prey animal to them. And we're, you know, we're family sometimes to cats and dogs. Right. So it's, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. It's weird thinking about how, how animals process us and yeah. animals and hopefully not, not having a sex response to being scratched behind the ears, which would be. Yeah. I don't know if bears have lordosis behavior. <laughs> Does Google know? Like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for lordosis behavior and all the images are of cats. Oh, I kind of don't think they do because I Googled it and I'm getting a bunch of unrelated scientific papers. But one of them is right. on reverse engineering the lordosis behavior circuit. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Via scritches. Via scritches. I bet there is a scientific term for scritches that is just <laughs> incredibly... <laughs> it's, it's, it's in Latin and it's incredibly precise. <laughs> those cottonelle bears or those charmin bears <laughs> they do <laughs> right That's otherwise easy. how can they reach their own butts <laughs> yeah. to wipe them <laughs> gotta arch your back oh man well that just brings us into the uh have we had the sitting versus standing wiping debate on topic lords yet <laughs> i think i think it has come up i can't remember though I certainly don't want to uh, miss out on the opportunity to have the discussion <laughs> if we haven't. Uh, so my hot take is that there's probably only like a few degrees, like a 10 to 15 angle degree angle difference between the people who consider themselves to be sitting and the people who consider themselves to be standing. Right. But it's just such a, like, you've you've crossed a psychological barrier. Standing means you're not actually touching the toilet seat. Uh-huh. So, like, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> I mean... Wouldn't it be easier to stand up? Yeah. I'm definitely on the standing side of this. Right. You're you're suggesting that, like, the, the people who are sitting are, like, doing the hovercraft maneuver, is what you're saying? I think they are. Okay. I think they're engaging their thighs. And... Right. That sounds like <laughs> a good way to get some, some, some like, squat reps in without uh, like, giving, giving a reason to do some exercise, I guess. It does. My my thing is you gotta you gotta look at what you made so you can be constantly monitoring your health <laughs> and like. I mean, you could just turn around and look down while you're sitting. No, you st after you're done wiping, you stand up. I guess you're covering it up with the toilet paper at that. Yeah, you're covering it up with the toilet paper, mm -hmm. and some people yeah. are like, "Oh, I only I only flush while my ass forms a seal," which like that's a whole problem <laughs> on its own. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Bless those people's hearts who are doing that. Like, bless their hearts. They're, you know, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw shade, but it's not my. <laughs> do we have, do we have, if we've got three standers, then we should probably have this discussion again when there's a sitter. Yeah, we need, we need some. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely a sitter. Oh, you're a sitter? Yeah. But are you, are you forming an hermetic seal with your bum? Before you flush to stop the poop particles. Uh, no, no, I'm definitely not. Okay. I, I stand up and then I've, I've done wiping, stand up and then flush. Okay. And you're able to examine the, the color and consistency? To, to my own um, satisfaction, yes. Okay. Well, more power to you. <laughs>
I wonder if this is like a thing of like whether whether you wipe from the front or the back. Because like if you're wiping from the back, you certainly would have to get your butt out of the way. Mm, if you're wiping from the front, if you're wiping from the front, like okay, you, so your arms in front of you. Are you pushing or dragging? <laughs> I am dragging. <laughs> okay. Right. This this is a the the whole um thing about how it's important to wipe front to back. That's not a thing for dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, as a vagina owner, that, that's just horrifying to me. I mean, unless you right. unless you're making really broad canvas strokes, right? If you're like, if you're really, <laughs> if you're if you're like doing some tai chi with it or something, then you might have to be concerned uh, as a guy, right? What if it turns out tai chi is the most effective form of wiping your ass? I like to use chai tea. <laughs> <laughs> what if you do tai, tai chi with chai tea? That's too many spices for for that activity. <laughs> The Tai Chi spices. The Tai Chi spices. You cool it down. You cool it down with some milk. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. You make a latte. There's this place out here. Uh, this this coffee shop that they will give you uh, chai tea in like uh, iced iced chai tea in like a, a literal like bucket like those KFC bucket a giant style. Bucket. Oh yeah. Yeah, like sixty four yeah. ounce whatever. Yeah. And it's not very good, but there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Like that's a. Quantity is a quality all of its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least there's a lot of it. Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Sure. Totally forgot what the original topic was. <laughs> I, I kept trying to think of it too. Did we even have one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> behavior. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. So for this topic, uh, we're going to be watching a music video by Lordy called The Riff. I'm going to count down from three and on zero we hit play. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Oh no! Outrage all over the city. <laughs> two hundred and forty-six citizens died in last night's ferocious zombie attack. Oh. Oh no! And now the paper's too blurry to read. Yeah. We should prepare ourselves to die, says the head zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks, head zombie. <laughs> Must be living in Florida. I got a zombie attack in Florida. Oh, there's Lordy. I saw a picture of him on the internet getting a vaccine, and the caption was, "What if the vaccine is hesitant?" okay so the woman in the hair curlers is on the toilet reading oh is she gonna sit or stand wait is she in the toilet in the shower is that what's happening there oh yeah oh what a weird little bathroom i was gonna bring up that's the other axis on on which to judge uh people's bathroom behavior is whether they do it before the shower or after the shower oh that's true both okay yeah you poop before a shower and after a shower yeah yeah (laughs) That's a lot of poops. Before, during, and after. <laughs> That's really maximalist. Lordy's doing some gesturing. He's got, you know, I gotta say, this guy has a kind of an unpleasant looking face. Mm. Uh, and so does this person here. Is, do you think she's in the band? She might be in the band. So if I'm reading this correctly, uh, Lordy is hoarding all of the toilet paper around him. <laughs> and that's why like, he's surrounded by toilet paper. It's and- like that scene in uh, Mad Max where the guy has all the water. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then he pulls the lever to, to drop a bunch of water onto the agilent throng below. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Don't get yeah. addicted to toilet paper, Throw boys. a roll of toilet paper down on them. Yeah. Oh, all the toilet paper's covered in blood. What a waste. It's just used. It's light- lightly used. <laughs> Come here and get some toilet paper, Lordy is saying. Oh, she's buying a soup, a gelatin? What is that? 
Or is that that might be like taco seasoning? Ta- it's definitely one of those packets. She's gonna make her right. make herself a, a midwestern taco salad. <laughs> do Do you think they dressed up in the most unattractive way possible to maximize? Like, oh, this is a very attractive person to the one person who's not dressed up that way. Huh. I do know that if I were going on dates, I would want them to come with me. Right. A date would be like, wow. She's very attractive. God, thank God I'm not going on dates anymore. <laughs> yeah, right? That's the worst. <laughs> she appears to have forgotten to put on pants before leaving her, uh, leaving her apartment. Yeah. yeah. That does happen in LA, though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get discovered. <laughs> if only it were that easy. <laughs> Yeah, I think she's just wearing a corset and that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's out shopping for meat in her corset. Oh, corset and high heels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the camera has moved to where something's happening in the back. There's a lot of blood. Yeah, it, it looked like it was trying to evoke both like uh, a butcher and childbirth. Ah. Interesting. Oh, I think I think it's just a hand. That's all. It's oh, not a childbirth, okay. it's just a hand. I think he's just making cold cuts out of out of people. And then oh, she's he's dropping right. that hand. He really needs a better strategy for holding on to two bloody, slippery hands at the same time, because he's not doing a great job. Are they called cold cuts because you're not supposed to apply heat? Are they cut when they're cold? Is it like cold brew coffee? Yeah, maybe. I think they're just cuts. Cold brew ham. Cold. <laughs> oh, monster flakes. If you heat up a cold cut, is it no longer a cold cut? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody with a philosophy degree is on this show right now. So <laughs> no. I'll, I got to write down questions like this for yeah. for when they're back on. Yeah. The monster flakes are dripping blood or something is. Something costs seventy four ninety. Oh. I don't think anything in a grocery grocery store that we go to costs seventy four ninety. It must be a very different scale of currency. Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. like a zombie cop? Is that what this is? Oh, yeah. It's a... Yeah. yeah. He's lunging. Zombie cop or zop. Zop. Zombo cop. <laughs> the impossible is possible at zombo cop. <laughs> oh, let's see. He's firing a bullet. At this lady's ass, I guess. <laughs> oh, he just shot a zombie mm-hmm. who got blood all over the camera. Uh-huh. That's why the camera's been all blurry this entire uh this Yeah. Entire right, that makes sense. Videos. Do you think a zombie is filming this? I you know, I think it's just the autofocus making uh, it look incompetent. I would absolutely follow a YouTube channel that was just zombie apocalypse and someone was putting GoPros on the zombies. That would be some incredible <laughs> content. That would be incredible. And someone would have to edit it though, because I bet there's a lot of just lying around and doing nothing. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Well, slow, slow TV. It's like why trying to walk into a brick wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be like like that Mister Rogers episode where the guy comes in to feed the fish, but the fish aren't interested, <laughs> so they just like <laughs> they just have like seven or eight minutes of like dead air where they're while they're waiting for the fish to come over to find the food. <laughs> Softly talking about how it's okay. Sometimes the fish don't uh, don't want the food. Yeah, this is a good lesson for the kids and yeah. patience. Mm-hmm. The fish get to choose whether they want to eat the food or not. Right. So in this in this rich fiction that they're creating in this video, uh, <laughs> uh-huh, she's uh-huh. she's going shopping during a zombie apocalypse, wearing nothing mm-hmm. but a corset and heels uh-huh. and heels. Uh huh. And that's just how you do during the zombie apocalypse of 
And the toilet paper lord, Lordy, is lording <laughs> it over his pile of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. You can't have any toilet paper because it's all mine, Lordy's. That's probably what the whole lyrics to the song are. <laughs> right. Remarkably prescient for- Oh, ooh. wow. Oh, this guy's getting tackled by- Is she a zombie or is she just a scantily clad lady biting him in the neck? <laughs> it's hard to tell the difference sometimes. <laughs> In the in a zombie apocalypse, you would get regular people just <laughs> pretending to be zombies because they're just oh, like, oh yeah, finally my time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go into your boss's office. You can actually eat the rich. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ah, uh, okay. They just took down a toilet paper pyramid. Mm-hmm. Right, and now they're the lords of this pile of toilet paper, mm-hmm. which has no blood on it, so it's better yet. That's true. That exact scene right there is somebody's fetish. Like, uh-huh. yeah. that just right there with the toilet paper. Suddenly it's covered in blood. Yep. Oh, are we witnessing the backstory here? Is this how the <laughs> toilet paper became covered in blood? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a flashback. It's a flashback. This is their origin story. I get it. <gasps> the first version of this music video was just a, like a text crawl going into the distance explaining the (laughs) (laughs) but then they were like actually we have more budget than that we can actually depict the events yeah insofar as this can make sense now yeah this is like the the david lynch's lost highway explanation (laughs) oh oh that does make david lynch explain something oh no i'm thinking of mulholland drive still like my point stands david lynch didn't explain it I was actually thinking about that movie when you said uh, Lost Highway, and then it just mm-hmm. still made no sense to me when I, when I thought about it. So he, <laughs> Yeah, no, he didn't explain anything. There's just like a fan theory that actually makes a lot of sense. Oh. Okay. All right. Some people adopt it as, as canon because it makes a lot of sense, and some people reject it for the same reason. Right. Because it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. I saw that movie on a sort of date in the theater when it came out, Mulholland <laughs> Drive, and like it, it completely destroyed any chance that either of us had to make out afterwards because we just spent the next two hours being like, "What the what the f did I just see?" Right, and like decompressing from Mulholland Drive. Yeah, some some sometimes decompressing from the movie you just saw is more important than making out. Yeah. I think I've already talked on here about the time I thought The Lobster was going to be a fun date movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting evening. Oh, that was oh, not. <laughs> That's our benchmark for bad date movies now whenever, uh-huh. whenever we talk about this because of how uh, how troubling that experience was. <laughs> They're still playing that metal song. They still on are. On top of that toilet paper. They sure are. You know, I... I just saw her like calmly pick up the toilet paper and put it in her basket while while this other stuff is going on and i'm seriously like i'm having strong 2020 vibes from from Uh this whole thing like yep all right yeah (laughs) all right i'm just gonna there's a zombie coming at her she's gonna hit him with her basket Uh let's see how this goes it's going for it oh Oh, wow just exploded in a giant blood cloud she must have had like a big can of peaches in there Yeah, that would make sense. I, even then, I think the the rubber of the basket itself would absorb too much of the impact mm-hmm. to be really uh, a, a good blunt Ooh, wow. blunt trauma instrument. Yep. What if his Pokemon type is weak to the element of basket? And oh, that's, just... that's probably it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What Pokemon type would be weak to basket? Easter egg Pokemon. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I bet they're real cute. French French nobles, maybe they're more weak to guillotines, uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it turns out it's actually the basket that does the killing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's the blade. <laughs> we have so many more questions now than answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she might be heading to the checkout. I don't see any checkers, so she's going to have to do the self-checkout. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she doesn't have an issue. <laughs> Which is definitely the worst thing about a zombie apocalypse is that you have to do the self-checkout every time. Oh, I do the self-checkout every time. I don't want to talk to a person. They've gotten so much better in the last 10 years. This is something I was thinking about the other day, actually. How much how much better those machines are now than when they first uh, came out? As much as Oh, they that's good started. to know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, I tried using them, like, probably about 10 or 15 years ago, and I was like, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. And I never <laughs> did it again. Mm. But, like, maybe now it's good. I uh, I use them for preference now, but we... Um... Most of them have stopped yelling at you about every single item. Yeah, good. Oh, it looks like she is going to be able to uh, to buy her toilet paper without incident. That's nice. She yeah. can wipe her butt after all. Yeah, that's great. It does have, like, like a few more seconds. She might not, uh, she might not make yeah, it. Yeah, she might not. Oh, oh no, oh. the cashier is a zombie. Oh, no. See, so yeah. she should have used... Twist ending. She should have used the self-check. Yeah, because yeah. the zombie <laughs> cashier got her. This whole thing See? was very complicated. This is what they showed as <laughs> supermarket owners to get them to invest in self-checkout machines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See? We did it. We watched the whole thing. Yay! <laughs> wow. That was a very slow ride. What a topic. <laughs> what a topic. What a lord. What uh. a lord. The lordiest lord of them all. <laughs> Uh, are we ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah. Jenny, your topic is Lord Dunsany, the Metalhead Lord, rewilding his estate. Yeah. So there's a, a cool young lord named Lord Dunsany, who uh, is like a former bodybuilder, metalhead, film director, producer, something. And he's got this this big estate somewhere in Ireland, and he's decided to let nature reclaim it. Huh. Yeah. And I approve. That's cool. Trying to find young Lord Dunsany instead of uh, instead of the old Lord Dunsany. The yeah, the extremely prolific fantasy author. Wow. Oh, oh, was that the guy when I was like gonna tell you about Lord Dunsany and you were like, yeah, 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 I know Lord Dunsany. Yes, I was. Yeah, I was thinking about the I was thinking about the the like guy who wrote ninety fantasy novels huh. back in the the early nineteen hundreds. Oh yeah, I think they are. Yeah, I think they're absolutely related. I mean, it'd have to be cool, right? I'm looking at an article here about the rewilding. Mm-hmm. And it says here, oh, so apparently his, his name is Randall Plunkett. Mm-hmm. And he has four Jack Russell Terriers. Ooh. Tiny, <laughs> Lumpy, <laughs> Chow. And the fourth one is named Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> he named... One dog, Beavis and Butthead? That's incredible. <laughs> oh, that's a power move. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Get a dog and name it Happy, Sleepy, Grumpy, Dopey, Bashful, <laughs> Sneezy, and Doc. And then another one named The Seven Dwarves. So you have The Seven Dwarves. Oh, one of those dogs named uh, The Seven Dwarves, Sleepy, Dopey, Happy, Grumpy. <laughs> That's, yeah. As the person just turns around and leaves your house. You know what? Never mind. I don't care what your dogs are named anymore. 
Real talk, though, like, the people who are getting mad at him, like, the other farmers who think that he's wasting this are idiots who don't understand that their own uh, nearby land is benefiting from having a bunch of wild land that has uh, beneficial insects and stuff like that. Like, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's surrounded by morons. They're insulting him, but they're secretly glad that he's he's the one taking the hit. Mm-hmm. All right, here's another snip, snippet from the article. Okay. I heard the call of a corncrake. I had to Google it to know what it was. <laughs> this guy figured out how to Google bird song. That's pretty good. What do you just you go to Twitter and you type in wah wah wee woo woo wah wee wee what's bird is this? <laughs> what's bird is this? Yeah. <laughs> Someone gets back to you and says it's a corn crake. <laughs> oh thanks, okay. His first Google was is there a Shazam for bird call? <laughs> There probably is. I feel like if Erica was on this podcast, she'd be telling us what the Shazam for bird call is. There's a Shazam for plants. What? Yeah. Oh, oh like visually or? Visually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The plant call. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you give it a photo of the plant. Yeah, my mom's best friend's wife was doing that in her backyard. There is, by the way, a bird, one for birds that's called the Merlin bird ID, I guess. Huh. Oh, great. That's how you identify a bird that's aging backwards. <laughs> it only works inside of a crystal cave underneath Stonehenge, <laughs> but it, it's 100% hit rate if you can meet the, the pre-existing conditions. Just every bird, it, it tells you if it's Merlin or not. <laughs> Still no. That would be a good app. Like You just scan things and it tells you if it's a wizard in disguise. That's that's useful. That, that's that's like the the is Nicholas Cage next to a bear dot com and it just <laughs> <laughs> I did not know about this. Uh, this is something we made up. Ah. <laughs> Although, uh, like at this point, now that it's come up on more than one episode of Topic Lords, I should actually register it. Yeah. Does it do it in real time? Right, right. Well, the joke is that um, instead of using like GPS data, it just scrapes TMZ for headlines that have both cage and bear in them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any ways that that would return a false positive. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> there was a period where I was getting Nicolas Cage pictures on Google Image Search for things that had nothing to do with uh, Nicolas Cage because of some sort of Google scamming that was a fun time i had assumed this was because like google just knows what you want (laughs) (laughs) i know that you you asked uh for a for a shazam for plants app but what you really want is nicholas cage (laughs) you just want to see nicholas cage shirtless (laughs) right we got you (laughs) i think you could probably make uh make make some amount of money uh charging a ridiculous amount for an app that like uses ai to to figure out what your favorite nicholas cage is <laughs> and that's like that's all it does, right? Like you oh, think man. that the Nicholas Cage and Con Air is your favorite, but actually, yeah, the AI knows knows that it was Moonstruck all along. Oh, Moonstruck Nick Cage, that's a good Nick Cage. It is. It really is. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning uh, Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans. <laughs> that's a bad Nick Cage. It's a Nick Cage. Nick Cage. That's true. I still haven't seen that film. Imagine Mandy, but dial dial down the Nick Cage by two, <laughs> two 
two Nick Cages. But what's what's <laughs> happening in the plot that's that's different than Mandy? Like what what is? I literally happening? don't know what's happening in the plot. There's a part where a guy dies in front of Nick Cage, and he says his soul is dancing because the guy's soul is uh, literally breakdancing in front of him because he did too much cocaine. Wow. Right, yep. right, and then they they have to shoot him again to kill his soul. Yeah, it's kind of a, a two hit point situation. It's like a Mario. Nineteen ninety nine to two thousand nine was like four movies, the same as the eighties were for children's cartoons in terms of like Coke was driving most of the story and general decisions for everything. I don't know specifically about Coke, but I do think that that was a a very interesting period for movies in a way that we haven't really seen since. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need to get around to another period where you can just make money with literally any movie that you make uh, somehow mm-hmm. and figure yeah. out that, and then we'll we'll have that time again. Right. Yeah, I feel like definitely a thing that has stopped happening lately is movies stop being about specifically me at age 20, <laughs> which was a thing that movies were really doing a lot when I was 20. Uh-huh. <laughs> when did that? When when exactly did you notice this this change? Was it was it right around the time you stopped being twenty? Or yeah, it was right around when I stopped. You know, maybe twenty five. Maybe <laughs> definitely by the time I was thirty, movies were no longer about me specifically being twenty. You know, okay. like okay. like the movie Ghost World or the movie Go. Yeah, I feel like Go is almost a period piece at this point. Go is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm trying to imagine explaining that movie to somebody who's who was born like we all did different drugs than you're doing, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah, Chris, your topic is time lords, right? The lords of time. The lords of time. The lords of time. Who needs them? <laughs> They're just like us. <laughs> They're just like us. <laughs> Somehow related to like looking up transformer procreation, I found all these other weird searches. Like about Smurfs, and one of them was a uh, Time Lords, and uh, who's secretly a Time Lord, or who, like, out of other other characters in other fiction, who would who would be a good Doctor Who style Time Lord? And I think Willy Wonka was the number one in terms of like person oh, that yeah. could just say was a Doctor Who Time Lord, and it would work. Yeah, that makes sense. Doctor Who predated the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but not the not the book. book. Mm. Uh. I wonder if Doctor Who was based on that book. I feel like there would have been a lot more chocolate in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that's the time. Maybe they adapted the chocolate became time in the the series. So so Augustus Gloop fell into a river of time. He fell into the time stream. Like (laughs) a cloud. He did a cloud strife. Right. (laughs) I I read that book, but I don't really remember it. Like, to what extent did Gene Roddenberry, was who played it (laughs) in the movie? Gene Wilder. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Being a huge Gene Wilder fan, I'm, I experienced like a very a huge range of emotions <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> I would watch Gene Roddenberry's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, to what extent do you think that he created that character? Like, was the the character in the book that inscrutable and mischievous? I think that that kind of was the the baseline for how he was written but i would absolutely say that gene wilder like dialed it way up like several nick cages yeah right yeah he was he was several cages higher but also had a like a more of a goodness to him that was not that's true present in the book either 
Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because the thing about Roald Dahl was just he was abused as a kid and all his books are full of sociopaths. <laughs> and yes. Willy Wonka was kind of a benevolent sociopath. Yeah, I feel like the, the Tim Burton uh, adaptation, a lot of people said that it was closer in kind of kind of feeling to Tone, the book. Yeah. In, in terms yeah. of Willy Wonka basically being an arrested development case, which I, like I just didn't like as much as the Gene Wilder version. I'm like, that may be true, yeah. but like, I don't. Yeah, I liked the like. Oh, he's a, he's a good guy. He just has a different kind of morality sense. It's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> kind of monsters, where they're like, you know, they're, <laughs> some of them are just they have a different like same alignment, but just a different version of what's what's right or whatever. <laughs> like, think it's fine for children to die in chocolate shoots, and that's just you know the, the greater good. They did do a reveal of the uh, the children coming out not dead but irrevocably altered, right? <laughs> Physically, right. I did. I did like the kids in the newer version a lot better. Mm, yeah, better like more shitty or like more justifiably shitty. Like who's the gum chewer? Is that is that uh, Violet Beauregard? Violet Beauregard. Thank you. Yeah, she was. She was better in the newer film. Better. Better how? Yeah. Better how? Stronger. Stronger characterization. I feel like. Okay. okay. All right. She got the same amount of energy that Daddy. I want an Oompa Loompa now. But Rukasalt got yeah. in the original. Where she really stole the show as the like the the crappiest of the crappy kids, <laughs> yeah. Which is a kind of a feat because her character as written is like scum, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I guess they rewrote her as like an overachiever kind of Instagram fitness celebrity person. Yeah, like a, l- a little bit more like. Well, obviously, why, why is this? Why does this character chew gum so much? And they have flashbacks to. <laughs> I can't think of a. I can't justify this in my head, even as a joke. I don't super remember this movie very well, so I was totally willing to believe anything <laughs> that you said as actually having happened to Violet Beauregard. <laughs> right. I did also deeply enjoy just just having Deep Roy play every Oompa Loompa. That was also a good a good mm-hmm. choice. Yeah, but otherwise, original Gene Wilder was the best Time Lord. Absolutely. Jenny, do you want to mention? Uh, oh yeah, while well, we're talking about how much you you are annoyed by Doctor Who. While we're talking about Doctor Who, I I did and deleted a tweet about this because I was like, <laughs> I'm being very publicly cranky, and I don't feel like being <laughs> right. this publicly cranky. But I I found so there's the one episode of Doctor Who that I hate the most because it is the most inane is the Agatha Christie episode. Have you seen this one? No. When is this from? It's from, it's like a Russell T. Davies. It's actually only a couple episodes away from the library episode that's good. Yeah. 2008. At some point I did go through and watch all the, what's the guy's na- the showrunner now? Stephen Wolfram? Stephen Moffat? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he he actually stepped down. He hasn't been showrunner for for the last couple seasons that they've had the new Doctor. Okay, okay. yeah, I, yeah. I have no idea who's running. I it. went through and I watched all the episodes that he wrote because they were all pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I didn't watch the rest of the series because it was just like it just didn't meet that standard of quality. <laughs> yeah, and like when he took over, it still didn't meet that standard of quality because like I don't think. His storytelling sensibility lends itself to more than one episode at a time. That's I watched an entire yeah. two-hour H. Bomber guy video about Sherlock. And basically that was the premise, was that Stephen Moffat, if you give him a one-off, he's very, very, very good. If you give him anything longer than that, he just kind of loses it. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Counterpoint, I will. I don't disagree with any of that, actually. I strongly agree with it. But I will watch David Tennant in anything. Literally. That is true. And <laughs> I would watch him talk about paint drying. I don't care. 
Yeah. I would watch a Zardoz remake with David Tennant that was eight hours long. That's an inherently noble idea, though. <laughs> that's incredible. That would be great, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I would watch something that's really good. <laughs> a 10-hour Zardoz. If, if it had David Tennant if in it. If it had David Tennant in it. Sorry, sorry. What was the... Oh, yeah. So We, the, we have to wrap uh, this up, so t- let's get <laughs> okay. back to your... Uh... Yeah, so this Agatha Christie episode, I was, I was just randomly thinking about how much I hated it and how bad it was, decided to read the author's Wikipedia page as like, okay, I should just, this is a fellow writer and I should not be this mean about their episode and I should like see what else they've written, try to build up some empathy. And then I got to the uh, transphobia controversy part of their (laughs) wiki page where they made some really shitty remarks. And I was like, good, I can be as much of a dick about this Agatha Christie episode. Spoiler, the vicar turns out to be a giant wasp. It makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) And the author is a transphobe. And the author is a transphobe. Never need to watch this episode of Doctor Who. He he didn't to start with, but now you really don't. He didn't to start with, now you really don't. Now, how would this episode be if it were instead an episode of Murder, She Wrote? (laughs) Oh. Oh, 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 probably better. Written by a non-transphobe, are we assuming? Uh, Yes, of course. Yeah. I think this would actually be an incredible episode of Murder, She Wrote. They would have to explain, because nothing in Murder, She Wrote is set up for reveals like the the vicar being a shape-shifting wasp. So it's Grady is a shape-shifting wasp. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He has been this whole time. Oh, that would be a hell of a reveal. Because weren't there many episodes where she would just talk about Grady before he actually showed up as a character? Or am I imagining mm. that? Oh, I'm not sure. At this point, we're we're on like season six, and he's been on a bunch. Mm-hmm. They actually just in the episode we just watched, they just introduced another nephew. Really? And I was like, did 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 <laughs> was Grady like was he busy? Like, is he not going to show up anymore? Is that actor like? Did he die? Is, oh, is no. he like too highfalutin for? Oh no! And Jessica had to get a whole new nephew. Yeah. Man. Yeah, there were a couple seasons where they really went hard on Grady. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's Grady doing when Grady's not on the screen? Everyone should be asking themselves, "Where's Grady?" Killing somebody. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the answer is always. <sighs> so that's all the time we have for topic lords. <laughs> Uh, Jenny, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Oh boy, I'm back on Twitter. I'm at uh, Horse Wizard. There's no A in Wizard. Cool. And Chris, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am still taking an extended leave of absence from social media, so uh, nowhere, but uh, I, I always enjoy reading people's comments about dumb things I said on these episodes when I when I get to be on, and I'm grateful to have been here. <laughs> All right. Uh Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. And you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!